You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Right, and uh, God has done wonderful things this past 365 days. You know, we can look back, and you can probably remember some things that He did. And then, you know, we've gone through some challenges. Right, everyone goes through challenges and difficulties. And and so, I I, I want to bring a message to you um, about uh, the excuses that we make that keep us from reaching our God-given potential. The excuses that we all make, and I make them, we all make them, and we're going to look at the, at the life of Moses and find uh, um, ushers, if we can help someone over here, if we, can, if, uh, we, we find that, that, that we all make these excuses. We're going to look at the life of Moses and, uh, and see how, how God spoke to him and God used him and how Moses made the same uh, excuses that we all make. But before I go into that, I think it's important for us to look at uh, this past year and what people across the country were interested in. All of us have an interest, right? All of us have an experience that we want to live out. And, and, and so I went to, to, where else? Google. I went to Google and I found the, the, the year in search, 2017, what were people searching for? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that right now, Okay. Okay, the top 10 searches, top 10 searches. I'm going to go from number 10, okay? The fidget spinner, the number 10, number 10, fidget spinner. Number nine, they were searching for Aaron Hernandez. You guys know the story. Number eight, they wanted to know about Hurricane Harvey. Number seven, there was a big solar eclipse. Everybody was Googling. It was hit number seven. Number six, everyone wanted to know about the Mayweather and McGregor fight. Some of you guys are saying, yeah, I searched for that. You were looking for the free fight. <laughs> right? Number five, this hit close to home. Many of you guys know this. We, we, we helped a family out that was affected by this, the Las Vegas shooting. People Googled, got information on that. Number four, everyone always looks for Information on the Super Bowl. Number three, some of, uh, some of people's um, favorite singer, Tom Petty, passed away. So everyone was searching for Tom Petty. Number two, big scandal that happened in newscasting, Matt Lauer. Number two, search. And the number one search all year was Hurricane Irma. Irma. They're looking for Irma. Now, here's the top 10 how to. How to. Number 10, how to screen record. Some of you are going like this because you were probably looking at that. How, number nine, how to cook a turkey in the oven. Number eight, how to make. A fidget spinner. That's real easy. You get a paper clip, right? And you just spin the paper clip. 
Number seven, how do I solve this cube? There's all these colors, this Rubik's cube. How do I solve it? Number six, how to freeze your credit when you've been hacked. Didn't say when you get, get hacked, but I, I threw that in. Number five, how to buy Bitcoin. Now, that's a currency that is, that is a private currency. If you know about it, I, I checked on it. It was pretty, pretty crazy. Number four, how to watch the Mayweather and McGregor fight. <laughs> Number three, I think you would watch it with your eyes, right? <laughs> Number three, how to watch the solar eclipse. I would probably look for how do you get those glasses so you can sell them, make a... Number two, oh, that, that is number two, how to, make, how to make solar eclipse glasses, okay? And then number one, how do I make slime? Here's, here's the top ten, what is? What is, okay? Number ten, what is a hurricane? Number nine, what is the Paris Climate Agreement? Number eight, what is this fidget spinner? We can't get away from it. Number seven, what is, how do you say that word? Antikythera mechanism. Antikythera. And if that's not how you say it, I did my best. Number six, what is kov fefe? Or Fifi. <laughs> Number five, what is net neutrality? Number four, what is Antifa? Antifa. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Number three, what is a solar eclipse? Number two, what is Bitcoin? And number one, what is DACA? And then finally, the top ten people in 2017 that we were interested in? Number 11 was Cliff Atrell. I mean, <laughs> no, number 10, Gal Gadot. Gadot. Number 9, Milo, and a, and a last name with a Y. Number eight, Kathy Griffin. Number seven, Melania, I know her name, Melania, Melania Trump. Number six, Bill O'Reilly. We're interested in Bill. Number five, Kevin Spacey. Number four, Michael Flynn. Number three, they were interested in Harvey Weinstein. Number two, Megan Markle. And the one person that the, 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 the people all over the United States were most interested in was Matt Lauer. Hmm. And so what I know for sure is this is just a glimpse of what people were interested in. And the other thing that I know for sure is that each of these searches is filled with a, an experience or a lack of an experience, and you want, to, you want to know more. Maybe you want to do more. You want to experience more. You know, life is about experiences. 365 days ago, 
I began to experience things in 2017 that shaped my life. Yourself, you're included there. All of us experienced things in 2017 that shaped us for the year. They made us who we were for the year. And then at the same time, life is about excuses. We make excuses about this. We make excuses about that. And when we make excuses, we fail to live out the potential that God has for every one of us. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for every person that's born. And I know that because the Bible says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God in the womb of our mother. And so every person sitting here is special. Every person sitting here is important to God. Every person that we come into contact with is important to God. And so this year is done. We can't go back. We shouldn't live in regret. We shouldn't live in, in, in I should have done this and I should have done that. But we have a new year coming. And as this new year approaches, I want to talk to us, including myself, about how do we overcome the excuses that we make to live out our God-given potential. And I want to I do that by a man whom God chose to do a great thing for him, and his name was Moses. And when we read the story of Moses, we find out that, that God chose him. But we also find a person that's just like us. A person that was full of of, uh, of doubt in his own abilities, a person that was full of his own insecurities and fears and anxieties, a person who had a past, who had skeletons in his closet. I'm going to be talking about that next week. How do we declutter our life? That's the only way that we can go into the new year with, with freedom is to declutter the things that are keeping us bound, right? So Moses had all these things, and, and God, God met him in a burning bush. God will meet you wherever you need to be met. You may not be met in a burning bush, but God will meet you where you need to be met. It might be in a church service. It might be driving. It may be uh, when you go to visit someone. God will meet you where you need to be met, and he wants for you to have his potential living and working through you. Every day of your life. Because God is good. And he's powerful. And so I want to read from uh, um, Exodus. Chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading out of the message paraphrase. 7 through 15. And it's in your outline. Or you can open up your Bible. Or you can read on the screen. Let me pray as we go into the word. Father, thank you for every person here. I want to start out by just telling you how much I love you, Lord. Just thank you for this year. You have not left my side. You've been with me. You've been with us every step of the way. And as we end the year, Lord God, we end with gratefulness and thankfulness. And as we go into this new year, we go into it with anticipation of your greatness and your potential. I pray your blessing upon this message, Lord God. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon me as your speaker. Be upon every ear and every heart. Let us leave today transformed. Let us leave today with an excitement of your vibrancy and your goodness. 
And we will be very careful to give you all glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So God said, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. And that, sp- that spoke to me when I read it because it tells us that there's nothing that we're going through that God is not looking and hearing and saying, I care about you. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters. I know all about their pain. Let's just pause right there. Some of us are enslaved to something today. There's a slave master. The Egyptians were, 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 were over, they were overbearing, and they, were the, they, they had the, the Israelites captives. The Israelites were their slaves, and, 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 and God saw how they were being treated, and it speaks to us because there may be someone in here today that you're a slave to something, and God hears your cries. God hears when you say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I was driving uh, through New Mexico the other day, and there's something that I have been, uh, you know, trying to overcome, and, and, and it's this, this, this thing that comes upon me like an anxiety or, or things, and, and, I, and, I, and when it came upon me, I said, Lord, take this from me. He hears my cry. He hears my weakness. He sees my weakness. He sees uh, when, when no one is around that, that, that we go through those difficulties. He sees us. He cares about us. He says, I know all about their pain, and now I have come down to help them, pry them loose from the grip of Egypt, get them out of that country, and bring them to a good land with wide open space, a land that is lush with milk and honey, the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Parasite and the Hippite and the Jebusite. And and, and the Israelite cry for help has come to me, God said, and I've seen for myself how cruelty, how, how cruelly they've been treated by the Egyptians. It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. That's what he was telling Moses. I'm sending you, Moses. I'm sending you. I hear the cries. I see the pain. I see the affliction. I see their 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 anguish. Beloved, there's some of you in here that you're, you have anguish, you have pain. Some of you in your singleness, you're, you're, you're saying, Lord, I, I, need, I need someone. Or you're, some of you in your, in your relationship, you're saying, Lord, I need you. Some of you in your work, you're saying, Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I can't do this anymore. But there's something, and God sees everything Moses answered God, and he said what some of you have said all this year. But why me? You have a teenager? Why me? Pick up your clothes. Why me? You have a three- or four-year-old? Why me? My granddaughter, two years old. Ava, why'd you do that? Because I want to. Well, don't do it. I want to. She's the most beautiful baby, but she's a traviesa. (laughs) Moses answered God, but why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? God said, and this is important right here. God said, I'll be with you. 
I'll be with you. And this will be the proof that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God right here at this very mountain. Right where I found you, Moses. Right where you, this is, this is familiar to you. I'm not taking you to an unfamiliar place. I raised you up in, e- in Egypt, in the, in the courts of Pharaoh. They found you in a wicker basket, Moses. A daughter of Pharaoh, a a, a royal daughter, found you and they brought you into her home. Your mother nursed you, Moses. You know Egypt better than anyone else. I will be with you and you're going to know this because you're going to come back and you're going to worship me. Let me tell you, our life as God's people is for us to worship What he wants to do in our life, what he wants to do in every one of us is for us to find him so that we can worship the one true God. Because if you're not worshiping God, you're putting something above him. And every one of us, before we came to Jesus, we put something above God. He said, you're going to come and you're going to worship me. And then Moses said, well, suppose I go to the people of Israel and I tell them. The God of your father sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What do I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And tell the people of Israel that I am sent me to you. And God continued with Moses. This is what you're, you're, you're to say to the Israelites. God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob... He sent me to you. This has always been my name, and this is how I will always be known. And I want to tell you guys today, every one of you that are sitting in your seats, that the God, the great God, the great I am, is speaking to all of us throughout the year, and he wants to use you for his glory. And we've made excuses all year long. Think about the excuses. I'm working too much. I work too much. I can't do anything. You don't understand. My family, I can't do it because my family, you know how they are, Lord. I'm so busy with, 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 with work. I'm so busy with this. And, and God is saying, I've got a purpose and a plan for you. So here's five excuses that all of us can identify with. And then his, here's how you overcome them in the new year. Here's how you overcome them in the new year as well. The first excuse that we all make is, God, you have the wrong person. You have, you have the wrong you, do you Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're talking to? God, look, you know, you, you know me. The first thing that you need to understand is God has a calling for your life. He's got a calling for your life. He's got a purpose for you. You were called to greater things than you can do on your own. You were called to greater things that you ever that you accomplished in 2017. That's going to be a part of my series next week. I'm going to talk about the past. You need to declutter your past. Your past is your past. Put it behind you. We're in, the, we're in the present right now. We're looking into the future. We're going to either do the present and the future with God, or you're going to do it on your own. And God is calling each one of us to, to participate in the plan. But let me tell you, 
He has a plan for your life, and you are the only one that can accomplish the plan that God has for you. You're the only one that can, or God wouldn't be calling you. If God wanted uh, uh, Stacy to do it, he'd call Stacy. If God wanted Frank to do it, he'd call Frank. If God wanted Ruth to do it, he'd call Ruth. If God wanted Christy, he'd call Christy. But God's calling each one of us because he wants for us to fulfill his plan for my life. Lord, get someone else. You got the wrong person. You got the wrong person, Lord. Moses said, but why me? And some of us in here in 2017, we said, but why me? Right? But why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh? What makes you think that I could ever go to Guatemala? What makes you think that I could ever go to, to uh, Puerto Penasco? What makes you think that I could ever go to the Seminole High School and make a difference? What makes you think that I could ever go to Hayden High School and make a difference? Right? Remember that young lady we were praying for in, uh, in the Copper Corridor that was shot in that Las Vegas shooting? And they, the doctor said, well, there's nothing else we can do. We went and had a prayer vigil. We were a part of a prayer vigil. That heart that you saw in that baseball field, that were the people in Hay- of Hayden that came together, and we were a part of that, and we prayed for a miracle. And what if we would have said, why me? Why not me? Why, not? why can't we join hands and trust in the God who's the God of, that's bigger than a doctor's, uh, a, a doctor's uh, what do you call it, a prognosis? And now the doctors are shocked because she's doing so miraculously well. Why not me? You know, why, why, some of you in here, you're, you're saying, you, you don't understand my background. You don't know where I've come from. You don't understand where I came from. You know, I, I, I rode with a guy just this week that, that was plagued with drugs. He was a drug lord. Now he's paralyzed. And I rode with him, and we couldn't even talk at one time. And now when we're talking, he's just filled with a whole different personality. And every time that I got to go be around him, I think to myself, why me, Lord? And God says, because I want you to go and love on them. I want you to go show them that there's something different that only I can do. You know, there, there, you need to know in here that, that your, the excuse of why me is not really an excuse. Why you? Because God gave you birth. <laughs> every, every breath is a gift. <sighs> right? Today's a gift. Uh, to, to, the, the, what you can do for God is a gift. Right? And, and, and I love what Moses says. Lord, what makes you think that I can go? What, what, what makes you think that I could ever do this? I want you to think about what he said and what we say. God, what, what, makes, you think, what makes you think, Lord, you know, what makes you think that I could go? Don't you think that God knows better than we do? Oh, you're going to Central America. Uh, are you sure you can go? My daughter, my granddaughter, my wife, my husband, I don't know if they should go. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's just dangerous over there. Do you know where I was this last week? 
Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> Look at the crime rate. Look at the stolen car rate. Huh? Here's the thing. You don't have to go to Guatemala to go to a bad thing. Why me? Because God is bigger. God is bigger. The excuses that we make, we minimize God. Moses answered God, look, the Israelites won't even listen to me. How do you expect Pharaoh to? And besides, and here's, here's Pastor James's excuse, I stutter. I can't even talk. For 10 years of, my, of, my, of, of ministry until, you know, two or three years ago, the Lord said, just be who I made you to be. I don't care if you stutter. Bring the word. So they call me the machine gun pastor. Is he speaking in tongues? No, he just stutters. He just, he just stutters. He'll, he'll come out. He'll, he'll, Jesus loves you. Right? He don't care how it comes out. Just let it come out. Right? And, and, so, and so Moses made this, this excuse after excuse after excuse. God doesn't make, but you need to know, God doesn't make mistakes. He knew who he was calling. And here's God's solution. Here's God's solution. He said, I will be with you. Why me, Lord? Why me? Because I will be with you. You see, there's some of you in here that you've been making excuses for, I'm, I'm talking about for walking with God, for embracing Jesus' plan for you. You've been making excuses, and you're saying, why me? Why me? And God is telling you today, because I will be with you. Will you change my circumstances? That doesn't matter. That, I found that in my, in my 25, uh, almost 30 years of walking with God. Do my circumstances change? That doesn't matter. I change. God works in me through my circumstances. Amen? God didn't say that the people were going to change, that they were going to grumble. They were going to ask for meat, but that's too much meat. Right? We want water, but not that much water. We want mineral water, but we want it fizzing, you know? <laughs> I'll be with you. Excuse number two, and we've made this. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Maybe next year. Next year comes. Maybe next year. Can, can I say this? None of us are ready to overcome the, the mountain-sized obstacles that we will face this year on our own. None of us are ready yet to, uh, to embrace uh, everything that God wants to do. When God wants to, when he wants to max you out in his God-given abilities... You'll never be ready. You walk into it. It's not like you say, God, I'm ready. I, I got it going on. When you say that, you're going into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Every year I say, Lord, you think I can do it this year? You know who I'm dealing with, Lord. Every year. And God has been faithful. You know what we find out? We, we realize that, that God is preparing. He's preparing us in everyday life. In, in one of our discovery classes on the, on the serve, we talk about you need to find your heart. And, uh, 
and your heart's pretty simple. I'm sorry, not your heart, but your shape. You need to find your shape. And that's so important right there because our shape simply is an acronym for this. You need to find your spiritual gifts. And you'll never find your spiritual gifts if you're not serving God's purposes. I have found that God has, has gifted me in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but he, I still have a long ways to go. And you find your spiritual gifts when you begin to serve, right? And so God is calling some of you guys to serve. The, 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 the second thing that we find is our, is our heart. What are the passions that we have? And, and you'll find your passions when you begin to walk out the purposes of God. You'll never find out your passions uh, as far as what God has for you if you don't serve, if you don't do the things that God has called you to do. The A is for our abilities. Do you know that every one of us has an ability? I, I'm, I'm just panning the audience. I'm going to just talk to, to some of you guys right now. But, but uh, um, Laura and Walter, thank you so much for you guys stepping out in faith. You know, when we went to the Copper Corridor, I, remember, I still remember we were ready to launch the, the campus, and you came, and uh, you had gone through a tragedy, right? And we prayed with you, and, and, and we were, were there, but then from that, you began to, you began to serve, and, and, and you began to find your shape in serving, your spiritual gifts. Uh, Laura has been vital to the work there in the Copper Corridor. Uh, Walter is there every week. And uh, he's there and, 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 and works on the building and the campus, getting it ready for us. And they've done that by serving. And God has, has lifted them up from a place where, where, where they had to drive here to go to church, where now they have their own church in their own location, and they're making a difference for Jesus. Their hearts, your heart has been changed. I see the glow on you guys because of what you're doing for God. You find your personality. Everyday life, you find out your personalities, Right? And when we find our personalities, don't we sometimes say, God, please change me where I'm really weak? Lord, you know how I rub people wrong? Lord, please work on my heart there. I know who I am, Lord God, but I want to be who you have called me to be. Let me work with different personalities. Give me that ability to do that. But it's good to know our, our personality, right? And then the E stands for experiences. All of us have experiences. Right? Our experiences, they kind of shape us. I'm going to talk about that as we go through the series and declutter because some of us, because of our past experiences, we can't have a relationship. It, it hinders us. Right? We've been hurt. We've been violated. Maybe we're in an experience where we're being talked to vulgarly and maybe you lost a loved one and, and, and you're trying to shake that, you know, in your life. And, and, uh, and God, God is the, the one that can help us overcome. But you'll never overcome anything by making excuses. None of us, none of us will ever overcome by making excuses. And, and, and we're never ready we're, we're never ready. Moses said, what, what do I tell them? What do I tell them? You know what God said? This is what you're going to say. You're going to open up your mouth and I'm going to fill it with words. You know, every day that we read this, in this next year, in 2018, we're going to go, we're going to take 40 days in one of our campaigns and we're going to go through the New Testament together. We're going to fill ourselves with God's word so that we'll know what to say. 
So we'll know how to battle the mind. How many of you had a battle in your mind? I, I just met with someone the other day, and, and uh, they were uh, in, in a holiday and uh, uh, dinner, and, and they were talking about someone that lost their life, and, and they were talking about how, you know, the battle that they, that they were going through. They said, why do, why, are they, why, are they, why do they do those things? Because in 2017, we lost a loved one that, that, that uh, committed suicide. We never thought that this guy would ever commit suicide, and he did. And, and so we're still, you know, they're still working all those things out in their, in their heads. And I said, well, the biggest battle that we have, guys, the biggest battle you'll ever have is right here. And so some of you in here, you know, you, 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 need, to, you need to cleanse what's in here with this. You need to cleanse with what's been done to you, with, with what's been said to you, with, with what's happened to you. You need to cleanse that and filter it with the word of God. And so excuse number three, we, we use this as well. We, we think, I, 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 what, what happens? I might fail. I might fail. I might fail. You know what I've learned about my life with God? I might fail, <laughs> but I'll never know. I'll never know if I fail if I don't try. I'll never know if I don't succeed. And you know what I've learned about failures? They point me to God. Lord, I can't do it without you. I celebrated 30 years of marriage. That's a miracle. And I'm serious. That's a miracle. Sean and I were the least likely to succeed. <laughs> I might fail, but guess what? If you, if you don't try, you already failed. Moses said, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And what if they tell me the Lord didn't appear to you? Right? And, and God didn't say, you know what, that's not going to happen to you because the reality is that when you're walking with God, not everyone's going to say rah, rah, rah. Some of you guys left uh, maybe your, your, your old life and you walked away from it to walk with Jesus. And, and you're thinking that your friends and your family are going to say, you're walking with Jesus. And they say, well, that's good for you, dude. But we're okay, right? But you keep walking with God, right? And you're thinking, is this real? Is this going to change my life? Is this? And you keep walking with God, and people see the difference, and you see the difference. And the more you walk with God, the more you have an anchor through the storms. And when things go wrong in people's lives, they, guess who they call? They don't call ghostbusters. <laughs> they call you, and they say, will you please pray? And that's exactly, sometimes we think, am I going to fail? You know what God did in, in Exodus cha uh, chapter 4, verses 2 through 9? Uh, Moses said, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do it. What if I fail? What if they don't believe me? What if God said, let me show you what you're going to do. And he said, pick up your staff. I love that. Because there's been times in my life, in, my, in, in, the, in the tenor of this ministry, that I've said, Lord, what if I fail? And the Lord's always said to me, I have a staff for you. I prepared a staff for you, and this staff is going to help you through no matter what you're going through. He, he told Moses, pick up your staff. Now throw it down. And it turned into a snake. He said, now put your hand inside your cloak. He put his hand in his cloak, and he pulled it out, and it, it was all full of leprosy. And then he, Moses went, oh, yo, yo, no. 
That's my Spanish translation. English translation is, oh no, Mr. Bill. <laughs> Boy, that dates us, huh? The young people are going like, Mr. Who? And so all these things are happening, and God, and he pulled, put it back in your cloak again. He put it back, brought it out. It was perfect. And see, God showed Moses his power. But some of us in here have never allowed God to show you his power. We make excuses, and we don't let God show up. We say, why me? Right? What if I fail? What, what if I can't do it? And then we get to excuse number four. Lord, I don't have the skills. I don't have the skills that I need. Moses told the Lord, he said, pardon your servant, Lord. I, I have never been eloquent, I, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to me today. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And you see, what I have found out, and I love Moses' life, I love his story, is that God was not interested in Moses' words. God is not interested in your ability. God is interested in his supernatural ability in you. We will overcome through the power of God. We will accomplish the things this year through the power of God. And if it's things that we can accomplish through our own abilities, you don't need God. If your marriage is in shambles, you need God. If your work relationship is, is, is in the lowest place that it's been, you need God. You need to quit complaining about your coworkers and your boss and trust God. He doesn't care about our abilities. He cares about his abilities and our lack of ability. Amen? Moses made an excuse after excuse. And then God said in verse 4, I mean uh, verse 12 of chapter 4, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. That's a word for us. God will help me. Can I tell you that the, the, greatest, the greatest times that I've seen God move in my life were times where I thought there was nothing that I could do. The, the, greatest, the, the greatest accomplishments that God has ever accomplished through me were times that I was in such despair. I was saying, Lord, there's nothing that I can do. There, Lord, I don't, I don't even know what to do. I have seen God do miracles. God will help us and he will teach us if we quit making excuses. Let me tell you something. Quit using your job as an excuse. Quit, use, quit using your job as an excuse. Quit using your family as an excuse. Shine bright. Let God empower you. Your family's not bigger than God. I hope I hear an amen. 
Your family is not bigger than God. Your job is not bigger than God. Your coworkers are not bigger than God. Your boss is not bigger than God. And if you're the boss, you're not bigger than God. <laughs> Last excuse. Someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. Moses said in verse 13 of chapter 4, pardon your servant, Lord. <laughs> pardon your servant, Lord. Rick's laughing because that's what he said when we said, Rick, you're going to go to the copper corridor. Rick said, pardon your servant. <laughs> please. Anyone ever said please to God? Please, Lord, send someone else. How many of us put things on someone else that God has called us to do ourselves? I was writing with a, um, I was writing with, uh, I'm not going to say who it was, I was riding with an individual recently driving, and we're talking about marriage. And I said to him, I said, do you tell your wife you love her every day? And he put his head down. I said, you need to pour those emotional deposits into her life every day. I said, because there will be a day that you won't be able to. And I said, not only that, if you don't tell her you love her, someone else will. I said, do you tell your kids every day? Do you touch them? Do you, do you, do you grab them and say, hey, you're special? I love you. He put his head down. I said, you need to do that because if you don't tell them they're special, someone else will. And there's coming a day that you won't be able to say that. You see, but we, we put, we say, Lord, let someone else do that. Some of us as, 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 as men, you know, we, we say our wives will serve God. Our wives will serve God, and we'll serve God through our wives. And you send your wife and your kids to church, and you say, someone else will do it. But God didn't call your wife to lead the home with the things of God. God called you. I'll send my grandchildren. I'll, I'll send my, I'll send my, you know, uh, I'll, I'll send my brother. My brother, he's a man of God. Moses said, please send someone else. But I want you to think about it. God had a plan for Moses. And then God said, okay, I'm, Aaron's coming. Aaron's coming. And you shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. In other words, Moses, I'm giving you the words, but you're going to put them into the mouth of Moses, okay? You're going to tell him, and, and, and I will help both of you speak, and I will teach you what to do. And he will speak to the people for you because, see, here's the thing that I know for sure. God will meet us where we're at. Let me tell you something. When, when you have an anxiety or a fear, the way you overcome it, is you say, Lord, I need you. I want to overcome this. And God sometimes will bring people alongside to help you through your dilemma. 
but they're not your answer. This is so important. They're not your answer. That's why I struggle when people go through uh, help ministries all the time and they don't ever say, it's time for me to help others. There's a time that we have to help others. You take the focus off yourself because God has given you everything you need through other people. Now it's your turn to give it into other people. He said, Moses is coming. I'm going to put your words, my words into you, your words into him, and he will speak for you because you have this anxiety. And before you know it, Aaron wasn't talking anymore. It was Moses. Send someone else is an excuse for you saying, God, I don't trust you in my own life. Now, let's, let's, just, let's just put it in a really, really, let's unwrap it because it's, we just had Christmas. Let's unwrap it. God sent people into my life through my most difficult times to help me. He'll send people into your life to help you to overcome. But they're not your savior. God is. You see, let me tell you what happens when you, when you make them your savior let me tell you what happens, because this happened to me so many times in life. So when, when you make people your savior, you start blaming them when they're not there for you. 